Hey everyone, you're listening to the DIY Small Business Podcast and my name is Yaro. Welcome back and thank you so much for your patience with this next episode. I know it's been a little while and I really missed podcasting. I had a lot going on in the last couple of weeks and so I needed a little bit more of a break than I had expected, but I'm really excited to be back now and I'm so welcoming your questions for future solo episodes as well. So as you may know, if you've been listening to the podcast um, so far, I've been um, just kind of <laughs> speaking by myself, answering questions, which was really, really fun. And I'm now beginning to do interviews for this podcast as well. So if you know my other podcast, Dating Roles, you know that I'm also really into having conversations. And I'm so excited that this first one that I'm sharing with you today is with my friend Eleanor Predota, who's just so exciting and wonderful and has so much insight to share about what it means to build a business that is truly aligned with our values. So we talked about what it is like to work in cooperatives and the emotional labor involved in rethinking our relationship to power and leadership, which is really quite big. We talked about building a small business against and beyond capitalism. And we talked about ways of building sustainable and regenerative communities, as well as personal and collective freedom. So yeah, have a listen, let us know what you think. There's some really exciting links to explore in the show notes as well. Eleanor is inviting people to have conversations about businesses beyond capitalism. And I'm going to have one of those for sure. And I would invite you to do the same. Some small updates from me. Um, as promised, I'm going to be podcasting on both my shows more often in spring. Um, I'm really excited for the Equinox, which is now just two days away. And um, yeah, it feels like a fresh start and really looking forward to see what is going to bloom. I have just redesigned daydreamrose.com this weekend. Um, in case you're interested in that side of my business as well, check that out. There's lots of new things to explore. Um, there's also new colors that feel like a better match for me now. The DIY Small Business School is really growing beautifully and I love that everyone is over in Mighty Networks now exploring the course there and also connecting and sharing with each other. We're still running um, live workshops every other week, the next couple of weeks, and I'm continuing that into the summer um, because I love meeting everyone and it feels really good to be offering this low-cost business training that also has a group component and these live segments. So if you want to become a part of that, you can pledge $11 or more on my Patreon and that gets you access to the community, the DIY Small Business School, lots and lots of tech and social media and marketing and self-care trainings and also the live workshops and you're supporting the podcast as well. So yeah, thank you so much. I'm wishing you a beautiful week. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to treat you today to my first interview for this new business podcast, um, actually with someone who has also been on Daydream Rose. and if you want to know more about my guest today, then it might be nice to check that episode out as well. But Eleanor is really cool, um, we met on the internet, and we also met in real life two weeks ago in Brighton, uh, which was really special to me, and um, in the last interview on Daydream Rose, we started talking about about something that really impressed me like I just hadn't heard or seen or thought about this phrase in this way before which is um, building a business beyond and against capitalism and I was like oh my god we need to talk about this some more I really want to hear um, yeah what that means to different people and how they're working with that and 
um, yeah, Eleanor just felt like the perfect first guest to open these conversations with. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to hand it over to you now so you can introduce yourself. Yay! Thank, <laughs> you, so, <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. And, and, and yeah, it was amazing to meet you in person. I just feel an even stronger connection with you now. Um, so th about me, um, I guess I've I've been in business in various ways since my early 20s kind of on and off mm -hmm. um and business that doesn't fall into a capitalist model has mm -hmm. like the very first business i was involved in was a workers cooperative mm -hmm. um so i've always held that kind of sense that i didn't want to be kind of swallowed up into the capitalist mindset just mm -hmm. because I wanted to be in business and mm -hmm. make my own money. Um, yeah. yeah. But mm. I feel like I've got a bit lost about what the introduction should, should include. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe. that's really yes. great. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic idea to start with values. And I think that's what we just did. So that's amazing. Okay. You can tell us a little bit more about what you're offering within your business right now. Mm. Right now, my business is mainly focused around um, supporting people who want to make social, action for social justice part of their everyday life and work mm -hmm. uh, with, the, um, with inner support. So I do that one-to-one -one mm -hmm. through, um, I have training in spiritual counselling and listening and relating skills. So mm -hmm. I, I support people to um, work through whatever they feel whatever their fears are whatever they feel their blocks are around um taking action for social justice mm -hmm. um and i also uh, support people with um knowledge and learning both about themselves and about um issues through programs so i'm I, I was offering standalone programs. So uh, last year I offered a program called Rooted, which was for white people to connect with their ancestors mm -hmm. um, in a, through, a, through a, a personal practice of reverence. Mm -hmm. um, and through that, to both become grounded in an authentic practice that wasn't appropriating from other cultures that had been negatively impacted by colonialism mm -hmm. and as a way to face up to the personal inheritances of whiteness white supremacy colonialism racism mm -hmm. through their their lineage mm -hmm. um but i've i've what i'm moving towards very slowly um is bringing that into a learning space so it's more accessible both in terms of um in investment both in terms of money and in terms of the time required um mm -hmm. and, and and when people so there's more flexibility with when people can take courses um so my business is actually in flux at the moment the one-to-one -one work is solid mm -hmm. and the, the programme side of it is in flux and then I'm also um, I also do storytelling so I have um, support from patrons 
to um, develop various storytelling performances and projects. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also, um, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm starting a hundred conversations project where I want to talk to people about on the theme of business beyond, cap beyond and against capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and at the moment, it's just a, a, a 30 minute conversation with anybody who's interested about, hmm, so what's your, what are your thoughts and experiences about, mm -hmm. about capitalism and the way they do and don't necessarily have to relate to each other and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I guess that's me. But I, I think at the core of all of it for me is the, the importance of the relationship between the inner and the outer, whether we call it spirituality or personal practice or, mm you know, that, that sense of connection inward mm -hmm. yeah. and with one another for me is, is really vital. Um, not just in terms of taking action for social justice, but also in how we, how we operate in our businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to really be in deep conversation about that because what we're doing is different in some ways and, there isn't like a blueprint or like a script that we can follow. So I'm so glad to be talking to you. <laughs> um, I would love to circle back a little bit to what you said in the beginning of like the origin of when you were a person in the world and you decided that you would like to work for yourself. And I wonder if you want to share a little bit about why you felt that way or maybe it was just more like an, a decision against employment rather than one for working for yourself. I don't know. I would love to know more, more about that. It, it's a bit of both. I mean, it, it was actually a very, it was within a year of graduating from university that I joined a workers' cooperative. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was, I, I had this need to do work that was meaningful to me mm -hmm. and which did not contribute that that contributed positively to the world and did not contribute to systems of oppression mm -hmm. yeah um, so i was and i I'd, I'd graduated from university into a recession mm. 1992 so even though i had a really good degree from a really good university mm -hmm. i was doing temp jobs um that really didn't require this the the range of skills that i had mm. um, or businesses that i had not only had no interest in um but was actually opposed to ethically um yeah and i think so many of us are in that position where we feel like our only survival option mm -hmm. is, is to work for organizations that we disagree with or within systems that we disagree with mm -hmm. particularly in order to survive and I, yeah. and I know a lot of people i feel like in many ways that's got worse because um the of how the job market has changed and how precarious employment is mm. um, so that there's there's the not wanting to work for um i suppose the 1960s term for it was the man <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
um, but yeah, not wanting to work against my own interests and my own principles. Yeah. Um, but also wanting, wanting, uh, and also wanting a degree of personal freedom. Mm. Um, because even in my early twenties, I, I'd already um, been living with a chronic illness for ten years, mm. and I, I did not have the capacity to work the way that employers wanted want people to work. Mm. Um, yeah. I could do it for a certain length of time, mm. but then I just needed to stop. Mm. Um, so, so I, I, I need that freedom. I need, even then I needed it when my health was much better than it is now. Mm. Um, physically and health-wise, that freedom is, is necessary for me. Mm. Um, and also creatively, that freedom is necessary for me. Mm. I think on the one hand, there's a lot to be said for being our own patrons. Yeah. Like, do you have the capacity? <laughs> mm-hmm to uh, uh and and the um the capacity and the willingness to do a job where they spend 40 hours a week at work they get a decent salary they can support themselves and have the energy and time to do art mm. whatever it's like for them i think that's great for those people mm. um but i'm not one of those people <laughs> i can't, you know i I can't, I certainly can't work 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. um, even if I don't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so, so I, so the, the, and it's also the freedom to express ideas and be heard mm. and um, actually make an impact on what is done and how it's done, mm-hmm. which is a very rare thing within a mainstream workplace. Mm-hmm. oh yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just that fundamentally underlying that is mm. the fact that I value mm. everybody's humanity and everybody's perspective is unique mm. and everybody's perspective is important and that was yeah. one of the amazing things for me about being in a workers cooperative it was a very small workers cooperative mm-hmm. and, and we made all decisions by consensus mm-hmm. And one of the principles behind making decisions by consensus was that even if nine people in the room want one thing and one person doesn't, that one person, you know, by the logic of democracy, that one person just gets voted down. Mm. But by the logic of consensus, that one person holds a perspective or knowledge or wisdom or information that other people in the room don't have access to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's based yeah. on the idea that, that people aren't wrong per se. Mm. They're just bringing something different and that needs to be paid attention to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so those are some of the things I value. Uh, and, and obviously I work for myself now rather than being involved with other people. Um, but my ideal world would be to have a small workers cooperative <laughs> Mm-hmm. Doing that I do um, yeah. because I, I think there is such uh, there's an Im- amazing freedom in working for oneself and putting one's own ideas mm. into practice and it's exhausting and it's lonely 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I'm feeling every single word of this. And it's so beautiful to speak to you today because it's my fourth business birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> um, so I've been thinking about these things all day and I resonate so deeply with, with what you said about the personal freedom that is both needed and necessary and also feels so... I don't want to say luxurious because it really, really shouldn't be a luxury, luxury, you know, but I, I'm also in this awareness of it being very special and I so um, really treasure it. And, and I also feel the challenges and the pain and the loneliness of figuring all this out by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also this like sweetness of it being its own path of learning and development and, um, I don't know what else I would have done with my life, to be honest. I really can't imagine not, um, not running small businesses and, and thinking about what that means. And one thing that I was thinking about today was as I was journaling about the last four years and kind of what's next for me is that I felt even if, if this is all it is, it is really enough. And the sense of enoughness that we can create for ourselves is really important to me. Like there's still things I want. Um, I still want to interview so many more people. I want to bring these stories to more people. Um, I would love to have more space to be creative in non-commercial ways, which requires more income. And I would definitely love to have more living space right now because I live in a tiny house. Um, But on the other hand, I feel like a really deep sense of contentment. And that's something I've never felt within employment. And I think you're right that this has so much to do with how precarious and anxiety inducing the workplace can often be and how disconnected we become from the purpose of our work because we, you know, so often workers are so specialized in a specific task and and really not being given a chance to connect with the greater picture or the long-term vision of, of the organization that they're in. And I think that's, yeah, like really one of the biggest um, sad challenges of our time, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of that is because people are regarded as a resource for the business, mm. fundamentally to exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if the business is running in a human and humane way, mm. um, fundamentally, uh, if it's, running the standard uh, on the standard model which is mm. the model then it's everything is a resource mm. exploited for the purpose of profit yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's very hard to feel part of something um you know it, it's like managers who want to do a good job mm-hmm. their people and and have a good flow of information can only go so far because because of the hierarchy a the hierarchy involved and b the exploitation involved um and and i know a lot of people actually they want to be in a hierarchy because they want to know exactly what their role is Mm. and they don't have to make too many decisions Mm -hmm. Um, and that's fair enough Mm. Um, but on the other hand, that I, I I believe that there are a lot of a lot more people than let on who have a lot to give. Mm. Um, 
and aren't given the scope to um, express that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, th I feel like I'm repeating myself in my resonance a little bit, but I, um, I think the thing I would love to pick up on and what you just said is this relationship to power and yeah. how it's okay to not want it, but also how it's okay to to want it at the same time and yeah. how I think there's so much to learn in in it, you know which is a, a theoretical concept obviously but I think in theory it's so powerful to be able to make free choices around how you position yourself to power to either say you know I, I think I at this stage in my life for whatever reason I would like to just kind of be part of a small organization and be told what to do and just really know my structures and my day and my routine and have clear expectations set. And I'm not necessarily super interested in participating in the process of decision-making or vision building or all of that. Mm -hmm. I've definitely felt that way. And then there's been other times where I've really like reveled in this joy of like, I'm going to decide and plan all these things <laughs> and I don't have to report back to anyone. Yeah. And that can come with its own exhaustion, I think. Yeah. But the point is that I have choice in, um, you know, in how I relate to that and how I prioritize that at different points in my life. And that that's something I'm super grateful for. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. And I, I think a lot of it is to do with, um responsibility and accountability mm -hmm. you know and i've been thinking a lot recently about decision making about and about what's required mm -hmm. to make a decision and i've kind of i've kind of broken it down into three elements there's competence mm -hmm. so that's knowledge skills experience aptitude etc there's um capacity which is, do you have the energy? Do you have the time? Do you have the resources? Mm. And then there's willingness, which is, do you want to? Mm. You know, um, and a lot of this is influenced by Jen McKay, but a lot of it is also based in my own experiences over a lifetime of being in, largely being in different working environments mm. um, and observing the way decision-making structures work or don't work and how people exercise power and abuse power and avoid power. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like, if, if either for reasons of competence or for reasons of capacity or for reasons of willingness, we're not in a place where we want to take responsibility and be held accountable for decisions mm -hmm. in the workplace, then probably running our own business is not a great thing for us to be doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's a cool thing to figure out, you know, who knows? <laughs> and, 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 I, and I think it's really important to give ourselves permission, if, if that's where we're at, to be there. Yeah. Because um, especially in the online business coaching world, there's so much, I mean, maybe not quite so much at the moment, but certainly a couple of years ago, it was like job was a dirty word. Mm. And, um, you know, if you weren't, running your own empire <laughs> oh, um, God. how how know. did anyone ever think that was a cool word to use i don't know <laughs> yeah, no idea but you know if you weren't running your own if you weren't if you didn't have the title of ceo and you weren't mm. running you didn't have enormous goals and and mm. then 
then you weren't you know you weren't living up to your potential which is mm-hmm. code you were a bad person mm. yeah and and which is bullshit because you know at different points in our lives we need different things we have different capacities we have different willingness and we have different competence mm-hmm. and i'm really lucky i think that i'm that i've well some in some ways it's it's been a blessing and in some ways it's been a curse that i've i would always rather make decisions and take responsibility and be accountable in the workplace than see somebody else making decisions that i can see exactly how it's going to go i don't like how it's going to go and having no power to change it yeah yeah but i but I've also, you know, had times when there's literally no way I could run my own business for mm. health reasons or um, for mental capacity reasons or mm. needing to take care of other people or, you know, mm. sorts of reasons. Mm. Yeah, I think in addition to what you said about those goals, um and how ridiculous that is that we're all meant to run our empires and have these huge goals of six figures and you know seven figures, eight figures. <laughs> yes i also feel like i really want to say it's okay to not want to work at all and yes. that's you know it's so valid yes. there's so many good reasons for being at the point in your life where that's just not an option or not a desire and i think we really can do so much around appreciating different contributions that people make and i think sometimes someone's contribution is that they're allowing other people a space to support them which is so beautiful like i really struggle with receiving support and um i would like to kind of remind myself sometimes when i need to do that that I'm not just this like empty vessel standing around doing nothing, um, using up resources, but I'm also giving someone else space to experience themselves as a provider of something that is valuable or maybe even like life giving to me. And that's really beautiful. And, you know, that's a dance. And, and I think we don't even need to be um, transactional with that. It doesn't have to go both ways or like be always the same thing over time. Sometimes, there might be a lifetime where we're just like not doing very much and that's okay <laughs> you know absolutely absolutely I, and i think that you know that, that that fits very much with this this idea that we have to deserve things mm. it's like no we're we're alive mm. we have needs we have things to offer mm. that's deserving literally does not come into it Mm, there isn't a you know so and i think a lot of i i've you know the times when i've needed other people's support i find it immensely frustrating because i have this um desire to be independent and Mm. part of that is my personality but a lot of it i think is is this kind of uh, training we have Mm. if you're not capable of looking after your or competent to look after yourself Mm. and as an individual separate from all other individuals Mm. then you have no worth and you don't Mm. deserve anything yeah um and and that again that's crap (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And I also almost feel like unlearning those things that we've just described is almost a bigger chunk of the work than learning the skills that we need to start a small business. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> um, another thing that I would love to touch on is like this idea of expansion and contraction and how mm. under capitalism, like you said, um, there's this idea that growth is really the only thing of value. And this is what we all should aim for at all times, at any cost. <laughs> and I, this is something that's come up in my business just now because, um, whew, okay, um, I'll share this. Um, it is, it, I just felt my body getting a bit edgy, but I think it's really important to share. So um, as you know, I've built a Patreon this last year and I've been really pleased at the end of last year of how I five come with that and how it has changed my ability to make space for free offerings. I've run more than 20 workshops last year, uh, free ones online. I'm running several low cost programs that I really love. And that's been amazing. And it's really, you know, to a large part, been able to do that because of Patreon. Mm -hmm. And in February, uh, we're talking now on the 1st of March, I've just really not been able to put much out there. Um, I've not posted much on social media. I've not been podcasting a lot. Um, I've done, you know, I've met all my commitments that I've had to other people, but kind of only just about, if I'm really honest. Mm -hmm. And um, And so there's been... A decrease in my Patreon and I've also in both in January and February have not earned as much money as I've spent mm -hmm. and I feel okay about what I spend because I've met needs that I really had at the time and that were valid and I know I'm going to balance that out and it's going to be okay but I think I just wanted to name that that, that you know last year has been a huge year of expansion for me but this is not the whole story um, my Patreon has become a little bit smaller I'm still incredibly grateful um, but also I haven't earned as much as I spend and that's just something that happens and I really accept that deeply as a part of the experience and as something that I can learn from and as something that's in a way also unavoidable and I just don't want to be in that story of only expansion is success and everything else is a deep failure or you know a flaw in my personality or anything like that so yeah yeah um, <laughs> I, I resonate really strongly with that because it's it is such a you know if you're not growing if you're not expanding it, it, it's it's such a um it's such an unhealthy mindset within our cultures mm. that in relation to money or possessions or property or profits if you're not constantly expanding Mm. that's a you know you're doing it wrong mm. um and but yeah life isn't like that the seasons aren't like that mm. you and i both live in the northern hemisphere in, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes um yeah and i think it's not only in terms of money but i think also in terms of effort mm. As you were saying, I mean, I mean, the reason for your Patreon shrinking is that you weren't able to put the energy in mm. that you had been. Mm. Um, which, if you think about it, as human beings, as as animals, which we are, that's perfectly reasonable. Mm -hmm. you, know, mm -hmm. you don't. No animal in at this latitude spends the whole year doing exactly the same things. <laughs> yes at the same level of energy yeah yeah totally 
Yeah. And like, I, I, I really resonate with that as well because this last month, February, I've, I've basically had to put all my marketing on hold. Um, and I was really speak because I've been supporting my partner through some medical treatment and having to do mm. a lot of traveling and, and I have a, a chronic illness, two chronic illnesses, depending on how you, <laughs> them up, maybe more, um, which means that I, I, I can't keep doing everything mm. when things get added to my plate. Mm-hmm something else has to go yeah and I'd been feeling so stressed out about mm. because I had this narrative I should be marketing mm. you know, always be marketing and, mm. and like, actually that I I have felt so much better this week because at the beginning of the week I sat myself down mm-hmm. because I realized that what I was doing to myself was very destructive mm. I sat myself down and said, okay, make a decision. Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep marketing on your to-do list mm-hmm. while your partner's recovering? Or are you going to take it off? Mm-hmm. Because I was in that in-between place that's really stressful mm-hmm. where it was on my list, but I knew I couldn't do it. Mm. You know, that place where it's like, and it just stays on the list and it gets more and more stressful and heavier and heavier every every day and every week it gets transferred over to the next day's to-do list and it's yes, like, I I'm just going to cross it out and throw it away and, mm-hmm. and review, yeah I'll review it every week just to see where my mm-hmm. energy but I feel yeah. so much less stressed out not because I'm doing anything different but because I've given myself permission I've made that decision mm-hmm. yeah no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing marketing at the moment. Mm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. And it's just released all of that stress because I was like, I should be doing marketing, but I'm not doing marketing. Whereas now it's like, it's just, I'm not doing marketing. <laughs> it's really, oh. <laughs> yes, yes. And there's so much time and expansiveness in that as well. I feel um, yeah, like I think the first step often for me is accepting seasonal cyclical living and mm. and um, uh, contraction as part of that. Mm. And then also just remembering that this is a marathon and not a sprint. I don't even know. I, I really wish there was a better uh, analogy for that it's, because I'm not a runner. It's <laughs> an amble, not a run. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, Yes, totally. And like, just to come back to this idea that, yes, there are practical things like, you know, food needs to be on the table. And and that's so real. I don't want to deny that in any way. But it doesn't always have to be the next big thing. And slowness is also such a luxury. And I'm trying to in my consumption as well, remind myself that um, while there are things such as more living space, as I've already mentioned, <laughs> that I would really like, and that's, you know, it, it's becoming a slightly more urgent desire at the moment. But I think, you know, there are these desires that I have. Um, but also, oh gosh, it's so beautiful to have time and to not feel rushed and to not feel like we have to reach these milestones that are conventionally understood to mark success. Yes. Um, yeah no (laughs) it's beautiful to live outside of that and I really appreciate that 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 just this may or may not be relevant to this 
this podcast but it just pinged in my head mm-hmm. uh, relationship anarchy mm-hmm. this phrase of escalator relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh at this stage we must have told each other that we and at this stage we should move in together and at this stage we should be having a joint bank account and at this stage we should get married and at this stage we should have a hat you know buy our, you know it's like this this ever progressing getting to quotes higher or quotes deeper levels and and within and that's such an assumption and it's such an assumption with everything yeah like not just relationships with business with um finances with everything yeah this this narrative of progress myth of progress Mm. that you start here and your goal is to get to there wherever there is and it's always better where you're going to than where you've been and we mark that by these culturally normative socially normative um behaviors Mm -hmm. or decisions or announcements Mm. Um, and I'm not quite a relationship anarchist myself but I really appreciate that perspective because Mm -hmm. it's like hang on am I doing this because I actually want to Mm -hmm. and this is where my desire is or am I doing it because this is what my culture has programmed me to think I should be doing next yeah 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 and I can think of so many examples of how that translates into small business stuff like the six figures, for example, I think are just one of them. But it's also often about building a team or like, do you want to have an assistant? Do yeah. you want to, gosh, I don't know, like have a separate office space that's outside of your home? Or do you want to go to a certain number of conferences each year? And all of these things I'm so not interested in. I love working in my house because it means I don't have to leave it, you know? <laughs> and and I, I really like the idea of working in a co-op and that's definitely something that I would love to be involved in at some point in my life. But if I'm completely honest, I think a part of me also recognizes that I have experienced relational trauma mm-hmm. and, and you know, I don't want to go into my childhood now, but we all live under capitalism and it's difficult to relate to people in an authentic way. All this trying to say that I think a part of me is is becoming a little bit anxious about the idea of really like surrendering my livelihood into a group of people in really deep interdependence. Mm. And so that part of me feels like I think um, at least part of my work, I always feel like I want to be doing by myself mm-hmm. to some extent because it's scary, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very scary. Um, but also all this to say, I've never had a desire to become a big employer and have an assistant and a bookkeeper and a designer, all these things. I really, really actually enjoy doing most of my work myself. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes hire people or their perspectives or insights and bring them in for a specific project or some kind of like growth edge that I have, but I don't have this conventional like, you know, to me, it isn't a, a mark of a success to have a team necessarily if that's not who you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's that, that we need to move, shift our, our, our perspective on what, what success is. And mm. For me, a lot of that, um, the idea of business beyond capitalism, it's not just the practical stuff. Mm. Um, like, are you profit driven? do you have investors who aren't workers in the business who gets the profits Mm -hmm. Um, it's also 
how do you relate to yourself and other people mm-hmm. what yeah. level of trust is possible mm. in relationships and what level of trust of yourself mm-hmm. is possible mm-hmm. um, is really deep personal and interpersonal things like that because mm. i've been in i've been in two workers cooperatives one of which was run by consensus and one of which was run by um one person one vote mm-hmm. democratic and i've also been in um a secondary cooperative which is a cooperative whose members are worker and housing cooperatives and i've been in various um non-hierarchical spiritual groups mm-hmm. and the thing that i found about all of it is that people people often say you've tried those things that oh that doesn't work mm. it's not that it doesn't work it's that we don't have the skills mm-hmm. and that actually that our, our cultural conditioning mm-hmm. under within a capitalist system mm-hmm. trips us of the skills yeah to be able to cooperate successfully oh yes (laughs) yes i love that you just said that that i kind of made a mental note earlier in our conversation about um talking about this internal process and how it's its own kind of path of healing almost not Mm -hmm. just almost it is i think um and i think i said to you when when we met in person that i'm really interested in facilitating or like working with people in this transition and i don't see this as like let me come and like rescue you from capitalism and show you the way to freedom and this is all going to be so great but i would i just really love being in conversation with people about power and independence and interdependence and agency and all these things and to to see like what what is coming up for us as we try different things outside of employment and how is that its own spiritual journey and how can we support each other in that and how can we really recognize that it's so much more about unlearning than acquiring new skills yes absolutely and 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 the difficulty yes to all of that and i'm just reflecting that the difficulty that i have observed whether it's independent like people trying to work with one another in a you know in a cooperative way keeping their own businesses or whether it's people within a collective or a workers cooperative or a housing cooperative or any other kind of group it it, a lot of it comes back to power Mm. because a lot of us are attracted to non-hierarchical and mutual and cooperative um and non and anti-capitalist ways of doing business or working or relating because we see power being abused in in the current current mainstream of the system Mm. what that also often means is that we have personal issues with power our own power and other people's power Mm. which really makes it difficult (laughs) to to make decisions with other people and work together Mm -hmm. there isn't when that when that one of the ways that human beings deal with that is by instituting hierarchies mm-hmm. and yeah. not only dividing up work and responsibility but also arranging it in in kind of a pyramid mm-hmm. yeah um and when you don't have that 
a lot of us are like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, which shakes our foundations, which means that all of our issues with relating and with power and with money and with, you know, all the things. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> and, and we end up being, uh, our trauma ends up interacting with other people's trauma mm-hmm. rather than us relating with one another. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm doing jazz hands over here. I can't deny it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, very true. Yeah. And I think there's also like something very to me at the moment feels ah, something sweet about surrendering into this idea that this is not something that we might experience in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. To be totally beyond this, working through the trauma and doing the unlearning. And yet that this is so important to do and keep in mind and work towards and that in that, you know, that just being in going in that direction is like such a freedom as well that we have the headspace to even have these conversations like that you and I on a Friday afternoon (laughs) can sit at our desk and just talk and think freely and speak to each other. Um, That is so beautiful. I really want to be grateful for that while also knowing that there's so much still to do. <laughs> yeah. oh, and that, that, that makes me, one of the things that I come across in, in my work with people and also just in the world in general, mm-hmm. it, amongst good hearted people who want to do good things, you know, whatever that looks like for them, the idea that we need to be whole and healed before we can you know, we need to have got there, wherever there is, mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Yeah. rather than shifting that round to the mindset whereby doing the thing is the process, mm-hmm. is part of the process through which we engage with healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I think, particularly in terms of relating with other people mm-hmm. as equal, autonomous, sovereign beings... Um, you can't actually I might not be I, I could be completely wrong here but it is my experience is that I can't actually engage my healing in those areas without relating mm-hmm. without doing the things that are difficult and scary <laughs> yes <laughs> again jazz hands over here <laughs> yes Oh gosh, yes. I was sitting on my bed, not on my bed, I was actually on someone. Anyway, I was sitting on a bed the other day, um, doing a little cry with my friend and we both said like, fuck, healing happens in relationships. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Why can't it happen at home in, in my own little room where I don't have to be yeah. to anybody? <laughs> exactly. Under my weighted blanket. <laughs> damn it yeah (laughs) um oh gosh I love our conversation so so much I would love to talk another couple of hours but I want to respect people's time and yours and our attention span and also I would love to speak to you again I'm almost wishing like this could maybe be a seasonal thing or something Mm -hmm. um but I would love before we go and before you share what you're currently offering and where people can find you, is there maybe like a thing that if there's someone out there listening to this and this person is kind of not sure 
whether they should start a business or not, or they feel, uh, you know, maybe they want to start something on the side or become an artist. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there like one or two things that you would want to tell them? Mm. Yeah. First of all is don't let how scary is put you off. Mm -hmm. Um, and the second is you don't need to know exactly what you want to do or what your goals are before you start mm -hmm. only by doing things and trying things that you discover that yes you know you have to go through lots and lots of iterations mm -hmm. um and i i work a lot with them the action learning cycle mm -hmm. which is where you you do a thing you experience it you reflect on the experience and then you plan for your next thing and and that's actually just a whole way of working you know you don't have to have everything figured out because mm -hmm. every step you're taking is a learning mm -hmm. every yeah. step you're taking is an opportunity to find out something new about your work about yourself about what you want um and that yeah become friends with failure like failure isn't failure <laughs> Mm -hmm. honestly it really isn't failure is not failure it's yeah. just another iteration mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so true and I think it's also beautiful and good to share that journey with other people I think mm -hmm. there's often like a story or an expectation to come out with this perfectly formed business and offering that you want to bring into the world and I always encourage people to use um, the website Time Machine, if you Google that, it comes up and you, it lets you see um, what someone's website has looked like, like two or three or five years ago. I'm somewhat embarrassed about this, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest, but I think it's really helpful, you know. We need to see these things, we need to see these processes and they are messy sometimes and that's cool and it often leads to cool things. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just thinking about my first ever website now. In oh wow a pastel purple <laughs> <laughs> anyway <Right. laughs> I'm, I'm glad in a way that i changed urls a couple of times so those very first websites you can't find of me anymore but anyway <laughs> anyway oh, yeah um, um what are you currently offering and where can people find you? Okay, so people can find me at elinorpredota.com. Mm -hmm. You don't need any W's, it's just elinorpredota.com. Okay. And my current offerings are working one-to-one -one with people. Um, I, my name for that work is Sanctuary Sessions because what, what I hope to provide is a sanctuary where simply by being with somebody, um, asking appropriate questions and and keeping people accountable to themselves mm -hmm. um, transformation happens in um you know reaching reaching goals or changing perspectives or I, i'm i'm aiming at the moment to work more with people who want to address um the ways in which um, oppression and privilege work within their own lives Mm -hmm. um but i i work i've worked i work with people on you know kind of their own work with their clients i work with people on connecting with their ancestors 
um, I've worked with people on figuring out their art. I've worked with people on developing a personal practice. You know, the, the, the content doesn't matter. It's the, it's the container, mm-hmm. the container that matters and does the work. Um, I, my brain's just gone back. Um, I'm <laughs> actually still looking for a few people to be um, early adopters and beta testers mm-hmm. for my um, group program learning space. Mm-hmm. Um, that won't actually kick off. Um, it, it's very, very early stages and it won't properly uh, kick off with any content to test in pro- until probably late spring, early summer. Um, mm-hmm. But if people are interested in doing that, it, it gives them free or low cost access to all of my program materials in return for honest and um, as detailed as possible feedback on mm-hmm. the content, the user interface, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can contact me about that via my website. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also moved my storytelling patronage in-house to my own website. Mm-hmm. If you just look under the storytelling tag in the menu, mm-hmm. there's a drop down with a become a patron thing. And that's, um, yeah, I've got some exciting things happening with, with connecting traditional stories mm-hmm. to contemporary questions about gender and what Ooh. gender <laughs> oh my god <laughs> from my projects at the moment Amazing. Um, and then finally there's the the conversations i want to have which is just like the, there's a tag on my website which is business beyond capitalism in the menu e- each of these each of these four things has its own um menu tab so you can just find them on my mm-hmm. website that way. um mm-hmm. yeah basically that I want to talk to anybody who has any curiosity even um, about what business could possibly look like beyond capitalism. Yeah. Um, And how we can get to something beyond capitalism uh, with business Mm -hmm. as part of the process of getting there. Yeah. That's no, so beautiful. That, that was a bit of a ramble, but as no, you know, that was great. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 in my head, it's all connected. <laughs> it is totally connected in my head as well. And it's also going to be connected in the show notes. So that's, <laughs> that's all good. Oh, thank you so much, Eleanor. This has been such a beautiful conversation. And I'm like, again, I, I feel like I made just the right choice, letting this be the first interview. I'm so grateful for everything that you shared and I'm really, really excited and proud to share that with everyone else. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Awesome. you. <laughs>